Um, of course, y'all know that we're going to do um, baptism Sunday. Service will be from 9 o'clock. They'll already start at 9 o'clock. And uh, we'll be baptism. And then after that, we'll do a communion and all the call. And, uh, we'll go home and celebrate uh, the birth of our Lord and Savior with our family. Um, any other phrases for updates? Uh, keep Kim and Todd uh, in your prayer. Uh, if you'll uh, improve. There's a, there's a lot going on that takes time. You know, sometimes we, when we are uh, recovering, we, we tend to rush. The people in your prayer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Tomorrow night, Thursday, you'll have your, your Bible study. Uh, so that'll be good. Just on the side of you. Uh, any other updates, phrases?
I know that uh, I think it's for the name Mike is playing the music. So he started singing. I think so. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that he's playing. I think that's what Catherine said. Was so. well, that Mike was playing this Sunday? Huh? That Mike playing this Sunday? I, I guess he yeah. yeah, supposed to. Okay. Well, I'm not really. From what I hear, that's. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, that's where we're at. But, um, I was asked today, uh, y'all can kind of think about it, and y'all can let me know, do we want to do anything like a New Year's Eve watch night or anything we'll do? Let me know. But we might be next Saturday. But us have a third one Sunday anyway. So something to think about. Uh, you know, the youth may want to do something. Uh, I don't know. But, you know, but we'll uh, just let me know. I'm uh if we're not, I'll probably be in bed by about nine. You know, you've seen the you've seen the acorn fall one time, you've seen it fall a thousand. I mean it's gonna come down the side of the building and probably and what is it? They got the big ball in New York and uh, yeehaw. Don't stay up later on see There was a time I was in that, you know, that matter time passed. The 8th. On the 8th, the Sunday of January the 8th, uh, uh, Keith, Pastor Keith Dawson is going to come and he's going to present his, uh, uh, his, his the overview of his mix that they do in Mexico for the dead. And so I uh, uh, look forward to that and uh, then. Is that, is that going to be a whole service? Or are you going to have a sermon? Yeah, I told him. I, I talked to him. He called me the other night and talked to him. And, uh, I said, what I'll do is, uh, I said, Keith, I will, uh, um, we'll do our, our normal in the morning stuff. Comes in the worship service time. I'll introduce him. He can do what he needs to do. Maybe he's bringing a PowerPoint presentation. And uh, at the end of that, we can do an altar call. And I told him, I said, and we'll probably all go out to eat from work. <laughs> yeah, he said, well, that sounds normal back to me. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. uh, so that's what we'll do that. Um, any other? Uh, just please continue to, to, to uh, keep Mary Best on the prayer list. She was, uh, they found that she has a vocal cord disruption, which has led to a lot of infections. Okay. She has, so it's actually quite Quite wonderful. Thank you for being retreated. Still stuck. Any other phrase? I know I, I'm going to speak to me with a phrase to be able to, to go and, and help the gentleman. We've been pretty good. I've got, got to have some conversations with a lot of people. It's been productive.
figured it out. I'm glad you figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we got to think about that. That's probably the problem the whole time. Oh, it was. You know, from the first time we, we they put water in our, our entries in, that's the problem. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, it, uh, it's working. She's happy. She's well, happy. She's happy. She's happy. Now she has other things to focus on. And, and some of those are, are uh, my, my uh, shortcomings, and I'm okay with that. I have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I handed her a rock the other day. She didn't see the humor in it.
And so we're getting into a very rich section of the feeding. Um, and so I'm going to probably read verse 10 to probably uh, 12 to start with, and then we'll go from there. Um, it says, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wild of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual food, wickedness in the heavenly place. Let's stop right there. So we're going to start right there. It says, it says God describes our whole enemy, or describes our enemy, uh, as Christians. Uh, we need to know what it looks like. Uh, we are to depend on the strength of the Lord. We're going to depend on him everywhere. Even King David did that. You know, David said, Lord, if I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I descend into the depths, you're there. There's nowhere I can go where you're not. Well, if he's there everywhere, then we need to depend on him no matter where we're at and how we're feeling. Uh, and so we're to be strong in the Lord. Christ is the source of our strength. Period. We get our strength from Christ. He is, he is who we serve. He is who we are to become like. Uh, we can have strength because of the grace he provides. All of us are here tonight because of grace. Grace. There's nothing we've done in all what he's done for us. We are to be strong in the power of his might. Christ causes his mighty power to work through us. Going back to Ephesians 1.19. His power works through us. We are to be his conduit to the world. That's how the rivers of living water are to flow from us. Because we've committed ourselves to uh, We haven't built dams uh, to block it up. Paul prayed for Christians to be strengthened with all might. In Colossians, in one letter, he prayed that all Christians may be strengthened in the might of God. Uh, the power of Satan was defeated at the cross. Now, I'll say that again. The power of Satan was defeated at the cross. Hebrews 2.14. You don't remember anything else that we're talking about. Jesus died on the cross. Satan was defeated. He has no power over us unless we invite him. Because darkness cannot live for the light. You can be oppressed, but you cannot be ugly. Where did God build his church? In the heart of people. There's a good, great verse in Luke. When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him, and on the right hand and take it from him all his armor, wherein he trusted, and divided his spoils, he that is not with me is against me, and he that darneth not with me is scattered. He said the realm, the unseen realm. He said in heavenly realms. Of course, 
the helmet, the sword, the belt, the sandal, all of those things are valuable. And he's telling you, right, this is what you need to do. And you notice that there's nothing on the back. There's nothing on the back. Satan can only attack you from the front. Because what did he tell us to do? He tell us to flee. Can't attack you from behind. Can only attack you down. Uh, we're going to put on the whole armor of God. Satan experiences defeat as we uh, depend on the power of God. 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verses 3 and 5. God calls us to put on the entire armor, not just some part. Ephesians 6, 13, which we're fixing to get to here in a little bit. We're going to put it all. Think about going, think about going off to battle in your uniform and you don't have any sword. Or just a belt. Yeah, just a belt. No shoes. You don't have the shield. You don't have a breastplate. You don't have a helmet. You know, so how good and effective are you going to be at battle when you don't have all of your equipment? You're not. You're going to be at a disadvantage. And you don't think that the enemy will find that hole? Right. That kink in the armor, for lack of a better term, can't defend yourself. We will then be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When we put on the whole armor of God, we can stand against the wiles of the devil. So that means when we're reading our Bible every day and we're committing these verses to our heart, when Satan comes at you, you can send him away with the word of God. How did Jesus defend himself from Satan when he spent 40 days in the wilderness? He quoted scripture. The sword of the word. The sword of the word. And it cut Satan to the quick. And so God tells us that the devil is very deceptive. In 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 13, 15, he is not going to come at you You see the pictures of him like a goat head and all that stuff, you know. That's not the way he's going to come at you. Remember who he was? He was beautiful. Mm -hmm. He was the most beautiful creation in heaven. So he's going to come at you. He's going to make things look good. He's going to make things look good. They're going to shine. And then when you growl, they're going to cause you to die. That's ultimately his goal. It's the death of this abuse of law. We are to understand our enemy. Everybody tells us us like Patrick. Patrick teaches officers on how not only to defend ourselves, but he also teaches them how to apprehend and handle the enemy. Is that not correct, Patrick? And so God's telling us, you know, that we need to know our enemy. We don't need to to, to, to underestimate. God says our fight is not a physical fight. It is a spiritual fight. 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 25-27 tells us that. God says that our fight is a spiritual fight. It is a fight against principalities. You can't see principalities. You can't see spirits of the air. Rulers of the air. Our fight is against principalities. Principalities are the first created angels who became demons. I'm going to repeat that. Principalities are the first created angels who became demons. Demons, they left with Satan. 
Satan was kicked out of heaven for disobedience and for rebellion, a third of the angels went with him. And so the demons you have are angels. The demons that are running around today are angels. Fallen angels. Go ahead. There are weapons that are wielded by the sons of darkness and our weapons wielded by the sons of light. The opposing parties that are tempered in devil, the devil are tempered in hell, rather. They're tempered in hell. And ours are tempered in heaven. They're not ours. They're given from the gift of the Spirit so that mightier are love and faith than are hate and unbelief. Faith against unbelief and love against hate. So we cannot go offensive and hate these, these unseen realms, so to speak. We've got to accept that the fight is for our Lord and we are to defend ourselves and stand our ground. Do not give up the peace of heaven, peace of the kingdom of God that we are standing on. Do not yield it. That's what this defense is about. And these weapons work. We're going to be going through it. It says, Principality of the first created angels who became demons. In Colossians 1 16, it says, for, uh, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether, whether throne or uh, domination or principality or power, all things were created through him and for him. So God created the demons, and they were created for God, but they were dead. Right, and it's not his fault. No, the evil of the demonic was created. I think in Ezekiel, and it says Christ disarmed the principalities and power. And so we go to Colossians two fifteen, and it says. Um, Satan himself. 
so I drove you in disgrace from the mouth of God. This becomes an argument for the other side if you let it. But they can't argue this. God gave this devil his own will, and he failed. Colossians 2.15 Having disarmed principalities and power, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. Let no one judge you. God cast Satan out and he's telling you right there that there are people who are using their position at that time not only as a religious leader but as a political leader to subdue and hold down the people around them. And they were being influenced by our adversary. Our fight is against power. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. We go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. All authorities and powers have been made subject to Christ. 1 Peter 3, 22. Everything has been made under authority of Christ. Who is Christ? This is not a hard one. It's not a great way. Christ is God incarnate. So, of course, all things are under his authority. Because he's the one who created And so, our fight is against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Christ has turned us from darkness to light. God delivered us from the power of darkness. And our fight is against spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is the wicked one. And so, John MacArthur says that we wrestle. Rattle is a term used to describe hand-to-hand -hand combat. So we rattle, not with flesh and blood, but with trickery. I get people with trickery and deception, uh, like Satan and, and, and uh, uh, host, when they attack, they're coping with destructive and, dis and distinctive lies and, and, and deceptive views. They come in and they weave something that's not true into a lot of the truth to try to get you to come off and realize and question the Lord. And it comes in a lot of forms. They're demons that we're fighting against. Uh, uh, Satan has a whole lot of folks that do a lot of good, a lot of bad things. Uh, not against flesh and blood, but against uh, hope and wickedness. We're fighting against demons that can do all sorts of things. Think about the sexual perversion that is rampant today. Think about it. People buying and selling children. Guess what? People were buying and selling children and Jesus today. That sexual perversion is not any different today than it was then. Today it's more rampant and people are seeing it for themselves. They think it then, but it can be hidden. Now that information is traveling at the speed of light, it's hard for people to hide. And yet, we have, we have elected officials who turn their back on us. We're fighting against principalities. We're fighting against the wickedness and the darkness and the evil of this world. That's what we're putting on the armor to fight against. This is a call to fight. Uh, 
so it describes our armor as Christians. So here we go. Okay, one, one little follow-up before we go to the armor. Uh, there's, there, there is Paul is describing three things which this armor will bring out. Who's the enemy? Okay. What is the concept of the struggle against this enemy? How will we just struggle? And what do we use? The armor as we're going into what are we going to use as armor? You've got to think of that a minute. It seems too simple. We all know that. But no, he's identifying what kind of enemy this is. So they know. I think there's a term we need to add in there to describe our enemy. They're supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're supernatural. And the power that lives in us is supernatural. The power that lives in us is the power that created them. So when we put on the armor of God, we cannot be defeated. Right. We can't. Now our our definition of victor may be different than the one God had in mind. But we cannot be defeated. We are we are winners. We're overcomers no matter what happens. So in verse 13 it says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand or to be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore having gilded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet uh, with the uh, preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all things, shield the faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery dark of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, uh, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that ultimate or the utter may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador. Uh, turn the page. I'm an ambassador uh, in chains that uh, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So we're going from 14 to 20. So, or from 13 to 20. So spiritual armor it's for the defense. It's for our defense. We are to take up the full armor. We're to take and put on the full armor of God. Uh, while speak of the fact that the devil lies in wait to deceive. He's lying in wait to deceive. So, the full armor will help us to stand against the wiles of the devil. The full armor will give us the strength to withstand in the evil day. As bad as things are. The evil day ain't out here yet. It's coming. It is coming. But this will give us a great thing. We are to be redeemed. Or we are to redeem the time because the days are easy. How do we redeem the time? We consecrate ourselves to Christ. We commit ourselves to Christ. We're redeeming the time. Our lives should be so different that people think that there's something wrong with us. There's something different. If you can walk among the crowd 
and if people might notice that you're different, then I suggest that you might want to get back and talk to your own state. Because our lives should be different. Uh, we're, the Lord warned that the days will become more evil. Think about the time that Paul wrote this. That today, the times have become more evil. It's evil today. I mean, think about it. you got kids walking up shooting kids. Kids. Not adults. Kids. They have no value of life. You've got people marrying inanimate objects. You have people that have disorder. You're going to hear about gender confusion. Well, I can assure you when God made you, he was not confused. There's only two genders, male and female. The rest of them are mental disorders. Period. They are confused. Not our Lord and Savior. Not God the Creator. He was never confused. XX or XY. That's it. Biological. And so, these are the things that we need to know. We're, you know, resisting Resisting in the Lord's strength requires a humble attitude. You cannot be arrogant and remain in the Lord's strength. You can't go. You can't. To be humble. We will stand the devil by being steadfast in the faith. We have full joy as we fellowship with the Lord. Are you happy when you fellowship with the Lord? Are you happy when you come to church? Are you happy when you take up the Lord's business? If you're not happy doing God's work, then something is wrong. That's exactly. If He's not bothering you, then you're not working right. That's your prayer life. Have you ever got down to pray? And your mind start wandering? Yeah. Focus. And your thoughts. Yeah. Your thoughts. Sometimes you have to stop in the middle of the day and say, get thee behind me. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I suggest you say it three times. But. Well, be happy. But, yeah. Enjoy the Lord yeah. over the dumb stuff. How many Christians do you see walking around looking like they've been stuck in a sire pit? Really? Or they look like they've been a crab out of all of y'all.
Those are the things that drive preachers crazy. We don't have that here. You know, we don't. Thank God we don't have that here. You know, Paul talks about purging yourself in this belt of truth. It has nothing to do with the physical. But uh, the belt of truth is also not the gospel message. The belt of truth has its forged in the word of God. is objective moral truth. It's to know what's right and wrong. And there's no ambivalence, no question of principle, only a stand on that. You're standing on knowing what is right and wrong. You just mentioned man and woman. Right. That's right or, you know. It's not okay. No, no, no. I'm messing up. But it's either right or wrong. You either stand understanding that there's a man or a woman or you don't. Yeah. And so it, it, it is not our truth but it is as Ephesians 4.21 states, since truth is in Jesus. Right. Here, here's the thing. That all of that we're talking about through that honor and through the homeless and all. When you realize and come to the understanding that you're, you're saved not because of anything you've done. You are as guilty and deserve hell. And then you realize that by the grace of God, made you right through his act on the cross and his resurrection and his ascension to heaven. Nothing, nothing a man did. Nothing. Now with that being said, we're called to go and preach the gospel to every man because all men are evil. The Bible says so. We can't pick and choose who we're presented to. We're to present it to them all and let the Holy Spirit do the work. That's what we're called to do. He's the one who does it to you. He's the one who calls you. We're just the deliverers of the message. We might get the ones to be able to take in the reaping of the heart to witness. But it's His work. It's His grace and it's His sacrifice and His blood that makes us right. We have no leg to stand on who's been fought for Christ. Each one of us deserves the wrath of God, and God was prepared to give it to us, and He offered our grace of an exception. So listen to this one. So as He says in Ephesians 4, He's taught us all these things already. Paul says in Ephesians 4.13, uh, Christians, of course, here are needed to be girded in truth as established by 4.13, as stated as, until all of us are united in the faith and in the full knowledge of God's Son. And until we attain mature adulthood and full standard of development in the Messiah. Right. 4.13. That's the truth. And, and it takes time. As he lays it out here, full standard of development. We're in a work in progress. So we must know truth. Actually, the full armor is required to stand against the full array of the enemy's artillery set forth in, the, in verse 12. There is that. How are you going to know if a pastor is preaching the word of God or preaching blasphemy? 
if you don't read the Word of God. If you don't have understanding and guidance by the Holy Spirit, you can be led astray. There are millions and millions of people in this world that are being led astray today because people have perverted the Word of God. And some good people, some good Christians have been led astray because they believe the deception. And that's what it is. So we can do nothing in our own power. The sooner as we realize that we can do nothing in our own power, the better off we're going to be. We can't get up out of the bed in the morning without God's grace. We can't let our feet hit the morning without God's grace. We can't tie our shoes. We can't take a bath. We can't cleanse ourselves without the grace of God. We can do nothing without the strength of God. Christ's strength has made, is made perfect in our weakness. The weaker we are, the stronger Christ is in us because we're not putting up a fight. Remember when you came to him, you were desperate. You were broken and desperate. You needed salvation and saving, and he gave it to you. There's no reason for us all these many years later to be proud, to be uppity about it, because we're just as desperate today as we were then. The problem is, is we learn to be okay with ourselves and our own little things. That's the problem. Every one of us, me, you, every one of us, we are okay with our own little sins. Well, I'm not as bad as so-and-so because we start comparing ourselves to others. All of us have a picture of who Mr. Christian is in our life. Well, I'm not, as long as I'm helping up them, I'm doing very good. Where's your heart at? Where's your prayer life at? Where's your Bible study at? Where are these things at? Where is your generosity. And when I say generosity, I'm not just talking about monetary. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about attitude. Think about the attitudes that we hide that our brothers and sisters in Christ don't see. But God sees them. God sees them. And we wonder why our prayers back off the sleep. We wonder why, when is the last time we sang praises to God from the heart? When is the last time we put voice to a song even though we can't sing? I do whatever to me. I can't sing worth a flip, but I'm praising my Lord. I'm praising my Lord. We got to do these things. That's a sign of we being humble enough to follow Him. We stand. We take the stand and defend this ground. You're actually, Christ is one that kingdom of God has been established. It's come upon us individually and one, one at a time. We take our strength. We take and believe that's ground one for Christ. And as we take, as the kingdom of God begins to flood over the surface of the earth, that's not necessarily in nations, is it? It's in the hearts of man, like Jerry mentioned earlier. And in this, Remember the three walks? Remember the three walks that are ours, by the way. We got something. Not these virtues of truth and righteousness and shot with the feet of peace and all these things. But the three walks were unity, unity, holiness, and love, which comes from God's virtues of goodness 
The first one here, there's seven, seven of these. The first, let's say, five or six are defensive. Mm -hmm. The last one becomes offensive, but we're not there yet. And these, these are uh, defensive, and so we stand. We don't have, the fight is already done. Mm -hmm. We wrestle because we're throwing darts at. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're given temptations, but as long as we're invested, Deep in the truth of the Word of God. There's sometimes when we say, wait, wait a minute, is that right? Or is that wrong? Is that, um, i got to make a decision here. And sometimes you get it wrong. Sometimes you rail out and you put down in a self-righteous way. Or not, that's not our calling. But you self-righteously, you know, lash out at someone and you, and you shouldn't. Because you don't have that. Yeah. It's it's not your, again, it's his virtue of righteousness, not yours. Right. He, he, tell, he told the disciples, Christ told the disciples that he would give them a mouth and wisdom. Guess what he gave you? A mouth and wisdom. And this is just to show you how it's difficult that we're not standing our own strength. The synagogue of the free man was not able to resist Stephen. Stephen spoke the truth that couldn't stand it and it killed him. We can do all things as we depend on the strength of Jesus. We can't do anything without that. That's interesting. Stephen was standing. Was he? Yeah, he, was. he was standing with the armor of God. That's right. Right to the end. He didn't throw anything at him. He stood. God gives more grace by resisting the crowd. Resist the Resist being proud. You would be surprised at the grace that you receive. We resist the devil in the strength that Christ provides. Nine times out of ten when you witness and somebody comes against you, they come against you in pride. Because you hit them where the truth is and they don't like Think about it. Every time we get in trouble and we get hit with the truth, none of us like it. And the first thing we do is we become what? Defensive. And what's the next thing we want to do? We want to hurt them like they get hurt us. We want to cut them with words. And that's where we're at. We're going to have to stop right there. We resist the devil in the strength that Christ provides. We ain't even halfway through the thing. Thank God. I just want to add shows up five times in this quintessential uh, verse, 12. 12 is our action verse of this whole section. And uh, the next verse, 13, changes that word against to withstand. So five times against, the struggle is against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers against authority, but against, against, against. It's not. They're right there. They're right in front of us. We are to stand firm and occupy this ground won by Christ given to us to occupy. Luke 19.13 KJV Holding the high ground Christ has already won because the church exists to keep the demonic defeated. 
questions, comments? Okay. No questions, no comments. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. Father God, we love you. And we thank you. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the truth of the word. And we thank you for the zeal and the excitement that you give us over your word. And we sold out zealots for you and the gospel. So keep us safe as we travel home tonight. Let us be aware of those around us. Let us set aside the pride of our life and serve you and you alone. Let me get to love you. Thank you, Jesus.